Hey there, I'm your host, Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. If you have found your way here, you are a real estate pro who's ready to transition from chasing leads to getting dream clients to chase you. This podcast is where you will learn modern real estate tactics to attract, connect, and scale so you can get paid consistently, connect with dream clients, and keep your sanity. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the Market Authority Show. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. The pleasure is all mine. And what I love the most about the conversation we're going to have is it was very much like, why don't we just hit record and see where the conversation takes us? Always, always. (laughs) I am... I'm so happy to see your face. Uh, genuinely, I'm so, so grateful anytime we get to have a conversation that's not on um, sporadic voice notes going back and forth when we yes. find the time to squeeze it in. <laughs> sporadic and, and really lengthy. I mean, I think the last one I sent to you was about 12 minutes long. I'm always the longest one. It's it's really embarrassing. It's very selfish, but that's that's what happens. So <laughs> it's it's a joy. It's a joy for me each time. Awesome. And, and it, that last one was 12 minutes long. And I remember yes. because Bryce looked over and he was like, how long is that? No. no. And I was like, you, you pay attention to your own business over there, mm-hmm. mister. I have stuff going on over mm-hmm. here with Caroline. Yeah. Well, my husband, Joe, who knows, you know, it's so funny when you have a spouse that knows nothing about really what you do in real time in your business. He's an engineer. I do real estate branding. So there's like no intersection, but there's so much communication that you and I have, and he'll be around listening to the voice notes. And then so many, you know, wonderful people, realtors that I've worked with, their pathways often go back to you through MAA and just, you know, referrals and friends of yours. So he's heard your name so often. You're kind of like just in the environment a lot. And it's just, it's hilarious. He'll be like, that's Stephanie, right? That's Stephanie. And then when I mentioned this evening chatting with you, he's like, I bet it's Stephanie. And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I love it. It's, it's, it's Stephanie by osmosis. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so tell me what is new in the world of Caroline and the world of Blueprint Brand Studio. What are you excited for this year? Oh gosh, so much. I feel like on the one hand, just continuing what we've known and love in terms of our signature branding service is just our favorite thing to do in the world. It's what we're known for in the space that has continued to just grow and kind of iterate and evolve over time. We have a new team member coming on this year, which I'm really excited about on the design side. And really too, I would say I'm continually evolving in what I want our online shop to be and like different resources. And so I'm typically very much a plan five months in advance person when it comes to what I want to roll out and what people need and how we want to respond to that. And this year, I'm just hoping and planning to be a lot more fluid. And hey, what do I feel like working on this month? Let me just kind of lean into it without being really strict about exactly how it's going to pan or running surveys and like a three month launch plan. Let me just lean into what people are asking us for and just kind of start putting that out. So I know that's a very ambiguous answer, but that's kind of what I'm feeling this year is kind of more palms open. Let me just kind of go into this less um, Caroline perfectionist type A and see what kind of grows out of a new year. I mean, 2023 was a hard year for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And in my work, you know, getting so much feedback from agents about how challenging the market has been has reframed my perspective on how can I help meet that tension in a better way for people in a smarter, easier way for people. So it keeps me on my toes. And I love that. So with that being said, that's an interesting opening. What did you see change the most in terms of what realtors were asking you for on the branding front? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. 
social media, as always, uh, was a primary concern. And it's something that I typically or traditionally haven't talked about a lot that we haven't provided specific resources around just because in all transparency, I love being on social. I love the relationships I have there, but I'm just not the social media person for real estate. I'm just not. And I'm happy to say that it's not something I'm embarrassed about. I just, I'm, I'm not great at a lot of parts of the platform. So I do what I do there that works for me. Uh, and that's fine with me, but people coming to me asking and our studio asking, Hey, can you help with social kind of got me digging deeper into what is really actually most important about social media for agents and what can I bring to it that is genuine to me and my expertise. And so for me, that looked like, you know, we dropped a masterclass or a workshop about how to make your best service pitch on social media. And it was more about communication frameworks and the psychology of good pitches rather than talking about like algorithms or caption writing and things that so many other people do so well, teach so well. Um, so that's my like nerdy take on social media. And we dropped some, you know, some templates to help support people that with people support people with that. I can't mm -hmm. talk today more beautifully <laughs> on the design side. Uh, so that was just a nice perk, but uh, that really was an exciting time for, for me was, thinking about social media as a communication strategist. And it was interesting. People had good feedback on that. Yeah. I am sure that there are plenty of agents listening in and you know that Caroline is talking about the limited edition stack with the, the stack, the <laughs> stack with the social media templates and they were gorgeous. They were so beautiful. And you know what I loved about them? And this is, this is just a testament to your eye they were so well designed yet agile enough to be reflective of, of many different kinds of brand identities, yeah. which was awesome. And so I've had a lot of fun playing around with them, but that was that your first, well, I guess it wasn't your first cause you do, your shop has a couple of different templates, but that was your first like really cohesive stack specifically for like just digital mm -hmm. imagery. Yes, because I was trying to put out something that felt like more of a ready to go premium product. And so like there were content themes built in and again, trying to elevate the design side of things because, you know, you can go to Etsy and get a million different real estate Instagram templates, but they don't have the content themes already built in. And I know on my side, like when I go and use a template, it's it, it, there's like this 30 seconds of panic where you're trying to reframe the design and the layout to fit your topic. And it's just an extra step. So we were trying to eliminate that. And, you know, that's a, a ramble on the, the stack. But yes, it was my first time doing something that unique to literally the social media feed. So it was a great challenge. And I use the template sometimes myself. So it was kind of like a win-win <laughs> all yeah. the way around. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Um, what else are agents really loving in the shop right now? And, and I'm indulging a little bit because I love talking about your products, right? Well, but you. I also I also think it's really interesting. Welcome. There, it, everything you do is like amazing. Um, but I, I also think it's really interesting to see what people are asking for and what people are liking the most because it shows what they're hearing from their clients and where they're trying to meet that need. So what yeah. else are you what else are you seeing? So what I've heard a few times in the new year, even what is it, January 10th. So I've heard this a couple of times in client conversations and just some feedback on my stories. I've been sharing some ideas I've had a couple of times. Uh, I have been asked to provide a resource, a, you know, a template that can meet an additional touch point in the client journey that maybe I typically or agents traditionally would not address. So for instance, like in the shop, we have like a foundational suite of templates that address every 
what I think is every strategic touch point of the client journey from new lead to closing day. And I've had some agents reach out and say, hey, is there any way that you could kind of like build in a, an additional touch point for pre-listing? So like we have a listing proposal, mm -hmm. what you would bring to you, bring with you at a listing appointment or leave after the appointment. And now I'm being asked, could you come up with a pre-listing document, magazine, something that can be shared digitally that paves the way, almost like the welcome guide concept for realtors, but so targeted to sellers or a specific seller niche um, that it's just a really unique piece that helps provide extra differentiation. Because of course, that's what everyone's looking for, right? Like what's something that's just different that maybe you haven't seen before? When we dropped the welcome guide, that was really different because most agents don't have this introductory piece that mm -hmm. explains their story and offerings that you can just deliver anytime a lead lands in your inbox. And now that's kind of circulating and becoming a little bit more known. Um, but I I love the idea of um, approaching a traditional concept like a listing pack and actually segmenting it into yeah. a few different layers. So that's kind of something I'm scheming on now. I love that. Okay. True or false? Tell me what you think. Yeah. 2021, 2022-ish, realtors wanted this stuff and they were excited to buy it. Oh, yeah. But they were not implementing it the way they have to today because of how much more yeah. each client needs. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's actually really funny because in the last, I would say, three to four months, we've had this slew of emails from agents who purchase templates from us from 2020 when I first launched. I mean, I dropped them summer of 2020. And they have forwarded the receipts from 2020 from that mm -hmm. template purchase and said, hey, I've got some questions. Now I'm finally customizing and printing. Where do I print or how do I make this into a digital flip book? And yes, I chuckle because it's just it's funny. And, and I get it like the market has shifted to where now it's not just a nice to have thing to have mm -hmm. a beautiful premium piece that helps you stick out in a crowded market. Now it's it, that's baseline. Like this is an actual demand that the market has placed on people. Uh, so, you know, happy to meet it. And, and there's just so much engagement around now executing these pieces. And the beauty of it is, of course, as you know, there is no one right or wrong way to do that. Like we have agents who love the possibility of, those, of sharing a piece digitally. And then, of course, the print possibilities are endless, too. And you can stand out in either way. And what's important is doing the one that feels the most genuine to you. We have agents who hate the digital sharing. Everything must be printed and print in a certain way. And then agents who like really scoff at that. And they're like, why would I spend the money to print when I can pull out my iPad and, and flip through this wonderful digital flip book? This works for me. So, you know, there's no right or wrong. I agree. It's it's funny because Bryce and I meet somewhere. I'm just looking around to see if I happen to have anything handy of yours. <laughs> um, Bryce, Bryce, my husband, for those listening who don't know, Bryce is my business partner on the real estate side. Like we've been realtors together for almost 10 years. This is actually our 10th year, which is really oh, exciting. Congrats. Thank you. I can't believe it. Um, it's going to be really weird going through like the CE to reactivate our license the fifth time. Like, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about that the other day. I digress. <laughs> he is, he's a glutton for paper. He loves a rich, buttery, thick print that has like a really premium, um, like either gloss or matte, depending on what the actual product is yes. and what it's for. Mm -hmm. And when we took your magazines, 
uh, well, when, when we got your magazines, that was back in 2018 or 2019, I mm -hmm. think. And he went through the print and he literally was one of those crazy people that asked for the samples of every single <laughs> paperweight yes. and finish that they had. So he could literally feel them all and choose. And then we ordered like 500 of them because we knew that we were yes. going to need that much. Yes. But I'm, but I'm the same way where I'm like, I'm like, whatever, like we can just send them in a drive and we can do this. And he's like, okay, fine, mm -hmm. send it digitally, but they still need to be leaving every transaction with as much paper print as we can, because yes. it does give it that really rich feel. Yep. It. Yep. Well, and to plug something of yours, I literally have it right here next to me. When you were talking about Bryce and his love of, of paper, I have your beautiful market authority planner. Oh, yes. Look how gorgeous this is, everyone. Uh, if you don't have it, you need it. I have mine right here. Look, you match. And I'm, yes. Well, so to everyone who has not received this beautiful, love it. this beautiful thing, it was sent to me in a meticulously branded package. I mean, it was the very carefully taped. The tape was branded. You opened it. You this just matters to me. So I'm going to walk everyone through it. You remove this piece of tissue paper and then you have this branded postcard on the top, the lovely branded stickers. And then of course this, that I just could go on about forever. And just, it's so tactile. Like you just feel it. And I smelled it and it's just, it was a complete well, like, did you, life cycle of the brand in my hands. Did you yes. notice? <laughs> yes. I did. I noticed this. And then the of course the interior page is this beautiful, if you're not watching the video, the interior page of the of the planner is this gorgeous yeah. buttery marble print that Caroline actually did as part of our brand package with her way back then. Yes. And then Caroline also did these beautiful logos for us. The little icon. And then, you know, let's just let's just round this out. The typography, of course, is completely on brand. I'll never I never forget a good type story. For those yep. who may not actually know, like we branded Bryce and Stephanie back in help me. Like was it 2018, I guess. Okay. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, MAA, we did a little bit of visuals around later, but you know, everything is just on brand and it's gorgeous and it makes a difference and it makes me want to open this and use it, which I am. So Yay. It it does matter. It does matter. And and I Bryce is going to be so so thrilled for the shout out because he <laughs> um he actually designed the cardboard boxes specifically no. to fit at the single planner. Or you can also purchase it in the annual. So you, you get four planners. Wow. And when you buy the annual system, like you get one free. So it's like a perfect four. And he he worked with the actual manufacturers for the boxes and also asked, asked for samples of the cardboard to make sure it was thick enough. I will say that is a cut above anything I have ever endeavored on the print side to ask for a sample of the cardboard, like a man after my own heart. And then mm -hmm. some, can we hire him? I feel like he could be really helpful to our client base who emails us asking for print recommendations. I will just forward them to him that I think that's a plan right there. He's, <laughs> it's so funny because you know, those, those details really matter. And that was why I think that we were so um, thrilled when we were initially connected because we were, we had the sense of like, finally someone who gets it, yeah. like finally someone who's not going to do a copy and paste job over here on something that actually truly matters, which is, which is that level of client experience. And I think that kind of goes back to um, the, the initial start of this portion of our conversation, yeah. which was, I, you know, the biggest theme that I'm seeing is 2020, 2021, 2022 frenzied market. 
we were in the position to literally just facilitate transactions. Like we just needed to be there to make sure that we weren't getting in the way because they were happening so quickly. There was no opportunity to create a client journey. And that to me is really sad because we got into the business in 2014, 2015 in a market very much now like what we're in today. And it gives you, when you have the space and time, it gives you the opportunity to create a client journey that is thoughtful, that creates that client for life and really gives you you're the chance to get on the same page and help them feel like you're on the same team. Yeah. And you can't buy that. You, yeah. you can't just buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's two sides of the same coin, because on the one hand, I think because this is the space we're in now, it, it, it is such a different market than it was when everything was just flying off the shelves and you were just there facilitating. Uh, on the one hand, everyone is wanting to kind of try new things because you have to. But on the flip side of that, I'm also seeing the trend of so much fear, uh, almost paralysis in, in some agents where it is such a risky time, it feels like, to be in real estate. Um, you know, we went from, right, the hottest market ever to things kind of abruptly, it felt like stopping. And yeah, we're seeing velocity now and we're hearing about rate changes and, and hopeful momentum in different areas, but still it's it's tough out there, right? And so I'm hearing also a lot of feedback from agents who kind of see this future they want to head to with their brand, with the marketing, but it feels too risky to kind of take those steps. And so that's just, you know, I think being in the branding space is interesting for me to navigate because I want to help people kind of push through those barriers because the, the standards of great branding and branding that takes you and your audience somewhere is the same now as it was, you know, back in the frenzy of 20, uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, but I think we do have to shift the way we're doing things and be a little bit more honest in certain areas to, to be able to iterate and do new things without fear right now. Can you speak more to that or maybe give some specific examples? I think, you know, first of all, realizing that you can't market yourself out of a, a market downturn, you know, but the good news is that you can see a down market as an opportunity to stick your neck out and do something different, actually differentiate yourself. And I've said that before, you know, many times in client calls, and then the client is like, the agent is like, okay, but so what is an actual example <laughs> of uh, sticking your neck out and doing something different to differentiate yourself in a down market? I think it goes back to like this sensibility. Here's one example. It's just one. Um, the sensibility in our industry, especially right now when times are can be tough, um, to say to your audience on social media or in your campaigns or in your emails to say, hey, buyers and sellers, um, it's not a bad market. Like it's still a good time to buy. And I think there's this fear about talking openly about a bad market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it feels like maybe like an old line in the teaching or coaching world where, you know, it's never a bad market, like things lean favorably for sellers or for buyers, but it's always good, you know, wherever it falls in the spectrum. Um, I think that can be harmful to consumers who, especially right now when things have shifted so drastically in a fairly short amount of time, are looking more for transparency and truth tellers um, Mm. when it comes to the agents that they want to hire. And so, you know, I just don't think people are resonating as much right now with messages like I said, it's still a time to great time to buy or, for instance, um, you know, our tech, our new tech in our office is so powerful. It's, it's going to be, you know, what you might face out there as a home buyer or a seller. 
people are hungry for more authentic messaging. And so what would be actually wrong with doing something different and saying, hey, you know, if you're looking to make a move, I'm just going to tell you it's going to be it's going to be challenging. It might be a little bit painful in some areas. But if you want to do that, I'm here. We're going to get through it. We're going to have a great experience and we're going to get you the results you want. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. So I think acknowledging that and kind of stripping it back with more transparency is helpful. I look at Redfin as kind of an example of someone or an entity who's done that well, actually, in a few different areas for all of like the dicey chatter around Redfin and and some legitimate agent, you know, beef and resentment around its model. One thing they've done really well is they have an incredible economics team and really strong data that has always constantly churned out accurate information on what exactly the market is doing to help demystify the environment and a tricky landscape for buyers and sellers. So, you know, an example of a model that's just trying to be as transparent about what's actually going on as possible. And I think there's something to be learned, you know, in that side of things too. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I, I'm not sure if it's short-sightedness or just plain fear of the unknown that keeps realtors from opening up that dialogue, especially on social media, because I see it too. And, and one of my big, uh, one of my big, you know, bone to picks, I guess, over the last couple of years was especially um, through the the frenzied period, there was a lot of the, oh, it's the best time to buy. This is the time to buy because we have historically low interest rates. Yeah. And so then what happens when you continue to say, well, now is still a really good time to buy. Like you look like you've been lying yeah. the last three years, yeah. right? Like, like you, you've, you've completely um, overstepped what you thought was a really valid USP. And, yeah. and so I just, I just wonder if we can instead detach from, and this is what branding I think ultimately is. It's detaching from the product. It's detaching from the market. And instead it's saying like, look, you're going to have to make a move at one point or another in your life. This is why I think that I should be a part of that journey with yeah. you. Yeah. You know, it, there's so many different ways to go about that process. And of course, we're talking a lot about social media, but this extends into everything, even the psychology behind the kind of postcards that you send. And I'm a big proponent of email lists and, and you know, leveraging your list. And so the kind of emails you're sending out as well, like it, mm -hmm. it extends everywhere. But empathy, I think, is what we're talking about here, not just transparency, but also empathy yeah. going such a long way in how you try to communicate your worth and, and leverage the communication channels that are available to you. Like just get in people's shoes. What are they feeling? Why are they feeling it? And how can you speak to that? Yeah. So how, what are the first steps that you would suggest an agent take if they were trying to flex that muscle and learn those skills a little bit better? Well, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm like a nerd about the strategy side of things and the psychology of things. And so something that I see a lot when realtors in any channel, especially social media, where so many of us live and breathe, right? When they go to um, market and promote their service or make the pitch, right? It's very often based around problem solving, which is kind of entrenched in a lot of old marketing wisdom, especially on the real estate side, like we're going to lay out, here's the big problem for the market right now at large or this specific buyer prototype or seller prototype. Here, we're gonna introduce now our service and then how we magically solve the problem, which you do, like you do good work. And then we magically hope that they'll buy into that offer. 
And I would much rather see agents shift away from the problem solving mentality in their marketing uh, to something that has a lot more emotional pull and a lot more compassion. It would look more like kind of posing for the audience. I like to call it um, the possibility promise. Mm -hmm. uh, what is like the future that you can paint as vividly as possible in your communications of this like real estate promise land almost <laughs> that you're guiding <laughs> your audience to. So rather than talking about, here's all the, the problems I'm solving for you, just paint an irresistible picture of what they can find themselves in this place of belonging. They can step into in your marketing on the buyer or seller side. And then you're here as like the Gandalf to get them there. Uh, one helpful way that you can do that is by posing a sense of like stakes or risk in your marketing. So every time you go to post, anytime you go to send an email, you're kind of laying out two futures for your audience, which would be, you know, here's the experience you'll have if you buy with me or sell with me. And here's what the future and your reality will look like. And it's kind of dark and scary if you don't work mm -hmm. with me or buy or sell with me. And what the gap in the middle of that is where risk and stakes come up for people, right? And they start to understand, okay, there's actually stakes at risk if I don't work with Stephanie, because if I don't, I'm not going to reach this beautiful real estate promised land where my challenges kind of are put to the side, the overwhelm is diminished and all this you know, wonderful value proposition you're laying out. And they start to kind of get into the emotional resonance of that. It's, it's a lot more of a relational way of going about it, um, guiding people towards something everyone wants to head towards rather than saying, here's a big problem. Oh, I'm just going to fix it for you. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like a big, hairy, nerdy topic for me. But um, I think a lot of agents, they get stuck in the problem solving world and it becomes very me focused rather than looking outward to the client and where they actually want to go. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that um, I, that totally makes sense to me. And I've actually myself been doing a lot of work and um, learning in that space because I am one of two people. I am the educator where I want to just say, you know what, forget it. Here's here. Let me just solve the problem for you. Like, like you just need to know that I'm the person. I'm just going to take care of everything. You don't need to know why or how. Like, let me just fix it for you. Like, that's my kind of approach. And it's not helpful. Being yeah. an educator is is like it's it's like not helpful to the sales process whatsoever. <laughs> Interesting phrase. I kind of get what you're saying, but I've never heard anyone say that before. It is something that I do because when I'm over educating, I'm giving information, I'm giving details, I'm focusing on the product or service. Mm -hmm. And I find that I give them so much to chew on that by ignoring the stakes and trying to help them ignore the stakes because those that's a scary and comfortable conversation to have. Yeah. I struggle with activating the sale. Yeah. Like I can't yeah. activate this sale. Right. And, and that's something that I've always really, really struggled with. And, and that comes from a fear of being salesy spammy that comes from a need and a desire to be accepted and like mm -hmm. really just solve people's problems and be useful to people. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the best thing that we can do is just like, again, ground our clients in reality and say like, look, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> well, even even making no decision has consequences now in 2024. What are those going to look like for you? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I agree with that. I like the way that you laid that out, like education versus kind of taking people on more of a journey, which is what I'm talking about. But, it, you know, a tangible example of that might be, for instance, if you were to as an agent go onto your Instagram this week and say, hey, guys, you know, it's really difficult or, or actually probably impossible to buy new construction without a realtor. 
So, you know, here's my number, call me, I specialize in new construction, which is a, a framework I would say that that most agents take when they go yeah. to market, right? It's problem solving. It's very shift, surface level. Yes, like here's a problem, here I am, call me. The shift would look more like, um, you know, hey guys, your new construction per purchase, it can fall apart actually. Did you know it could actually fall apart completely before you get to the closing table because of X, Y, Z? Or it could look like this, you know, it, and then the story begins to unfold. And there's not even like a hard pitch at the beginning. You're just, you're painting two futures, something that is possible, that's pretty negative, pretty overwhelming at a spot no one wants to be in when they're buying new construction in this market. And then there's the alternate possibility promise of what it would look like to work with you and have a different experience. It's softer, it's more empathetic, uh, and it's more conversational marketing too, because it opens up these pockets where you can begin to storytell. And that's where social proof can come in so powerfully as a differentiating factor, uh, rather than just like having a little testimonial from your latest new construction buyer, you actually take us through a case study, or I would rather say case story, I hate the word case study, um, where you actually unfold the narrative of what their journey was in working with you and then let that story sell itself. Yeah, I love it. And I think that this is the, I think that this is the new standard of marketing. And I think that we're going to see two groups of agents. We're gonna, and, and just honestly, sales in general, it's going to be the approach that takes that route and the approach that doesn't. And especially with how inter, integral um, the social media and digital marketing side has become, especially in real estate. I just don't see how you survive if you don't lean all into that. The social media and the digital side of things. With that level of storytelling, with oh, that yeah. level of like, like showing, like you say, yeah. you know, really leaning into the authenticity and just being empathetic on like, look, mm -hmm. yes, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Instead of ignoring it because it feels more comfortable in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like to think of it and frame it in terms of, you know, we live now in any industry. So it's not just exclusive to real estate. We're talking about real estate, but we can pull so many helpful cues too by looking outside of our professional space into what other industries are doing and how they're evolving too. Cause we all can kind of mirror each other. It's, it's good communication at the end of the day. Uh, no. We're bad, but I like to think of it as we're in a brand experience economy, right? Because the housing market is, is never stagnant. It's always, always moving and churning and evolving. So now we're in this brand experience space where we're moving away from promotion as realtors to something that's more thoughtful, more authentic, like what you're talking about. And something that I've landed on recently um, in my language with clients and how we market ourselves as a studio you know, for realtors is talking about service-based differentiation for agents, which, you know, again, kind of old marketing wisdom, that, that was everything. Like you stood out in the market because of your service and that was your differentiator. But I think the evolution we're seeing is kind of away from that um, because so much is swipeable in terms of service-based differentiation. Like your competitors, Stephanie, they could copy your scripts. They could maybe maybe if they tried really hard and, and, and got in the back door, they could probably steal some of your systems, uh, you know, faster than you could call your favorite appraisal, right? Like, like they can yeah. do that, but what they can't swipe is the trust that they feel for you and your team. And how do you establish that now in a modern marketing age, it's moving away from transaction, 
um, based mentalities to like more meaningful outcomes, moving away from like mass market generalization to more caring customer journeys. And the stats back this up too. Like I, I'm a nerd. I like the numbers. And so like, I think it's like 58% of customers and buyers feel more emotionally connected to companies that have tailored content. And there's all these statistics around content and visuals and the immediate impact it has on people. And, you know, everyone is starting to pay attention to that. This is not new. Um, but in real estate, I, I kind of see it as like there's this old world and then there's this new world and the old world of marketing wisdom for realtors is just like really homogenous and it's kind of half baked and it's centered around the company itself and their why and the problem solving. Whereas new world marketing for realtors, what we're all kind of iterating toward, it's client focused. So it's why the client rather than why me, the agent. Um, it's head turning both visually and verbally because it's human centric and it tells stories like what we've been talking about just now. So I could ramble about that all day. You know, we talk about the evolution of modern marketing. It, it's such this big, hairy concept, but it really is as simple as a lot of agents have been taught to communicate their professional world to the shape of a brand world that no longer exists. Like service-based differentiation is this brand world that no longer exists. It's storytelling now and authentic voice and visuals that actually communicate who you are at your core. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I completely agree. I'm tracking with everything that you're saying and I'm just right in lockstep with you. And I think that like, if we were to put a tangible example and I'm not picking on anybody, <laughs> but if we were to put a tangible example, the, um, the, well, I have 10 years of experience. No one cares. Yeah. It's yeah. just not going to make the connection between that experience and what is that going to do for my bottom line? It doesn't connect anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and especially in a world now where we have challenges in the economy and the real estate market that no one's ever really come across. Like no one ha who's who is actively selling had gone through that level of a pandemic before, yeah. for example. Yeah. So what does your 10 years of experience do in the state of a market where you physically can't look at home sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just, I think about that a lot. And sometimes when I'm working with agents who are very seasoned, who have a lot of experience and who are head down plugging away over the last couple of years, I, it almost makes me sad for them because they, they just, <gasps> like take a look up one day, they take a deep breath after like the frenzy and they're like, whoa, wait, something's different. And, and they can't always articulate what changed, yeah. but what they were doing isn't working anymore. And I think that it's exactly what you're explaining here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a cliche. I agree. And it's a cliche for me to say, as anyone who's talking about real estate marketing is going to say, you know, you need to be doing the thing that no one else is doing right? Differentiation and modern marketing is all about finding the thing and doing the thing that no one else is doing. But again, to be a little bit more tangible, adding on to what you're saying, you know, it's, it's so fascinating and funny to me how in real estate, and I'm a realtor, so I feel like I can say this because I, I did and do the same thing sometimes, but mm -hmm. it's this look around industry for, the, uh, for a lot of the time where we look at what other successful agents are doing and then we just do it. We do the same thing sometimes, whether it makes sense or not, like, mm -hmm. oh, it, it must be working. Let's let's do it. They have, you know, 10,000 followers on social media. And a good example of that would be what I call realtor platitudes. I've talked about this on my Instagram a little bit because they're so easy to fall into. And there's like no shame based language in what I'm saying here. Like, it's just I, I do it in my own marketing. And then I have to strip it back and be like, wait, 
what am I really trying to say here? But example, you know, the word hyperlocal, like we yeah. build whole campaigns around being hyperlocal mm-hmm. as a word, as language, when in reality, like uh, me as an agent and my competitors, we all live in the same metro, for instance, we all go to the same post office, our kids go to the same school, we market to the same neighborhood. So what does hyperlocal actually mean? What is it doing for you when you say that to your audience? Or, you know, the word luxury, I've talked about this before too. What are you really yeah. saying when you say you have luxury service and you call yourself a luxury agent? You know, traditionally that meant a black and gold color palette and really illustrious script in your logo. And you know, we, we've found ways to kind of sophisticate ourselves in, in terms of how we brand ourselves as luxury, you know, legitimate luxury. But the point being, what are you really saying? Can you actually meet the expectation that is set when you use that word? Or are you just trying to be taken seriously in what you do when you use that word? Is it doing something for you? So I'm all about actually erasing and kind of define the kind of words and platitudes, so to speak, as one example, that are used over and over uh, in in this space and what can you bring in that's just a whole different word even let alone perspective so that it just you sound different you look different and you feel different instantly when people encounter you that's one example I love that example okay wait can you just give me one alternative to luxury just okay. listening to this because you've got a couple really good ones that I've seen I love the word meticulous mm. um, considered. And then bringing in the empathy side, I I really think is a seamless transition too, because what people really are looking for with luxury service is highly relational service in a sophisticated manner. So even using the word empathetic, you know, people human centric, even as a word, as a descriptor in your marketing rather than luxury, you know, because again, can you literally technically back up? that word where every single touch point, like we're talking about, you know, planners that are soft to the touch and business cards that are high stock and all these things. If you're not actually delivering the full experience that way where everything is luxurious, then just choose another word. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because, because maybe approachable yeah. is, is going to be just as effective in terms of converting leads. And it's people who don't need those high. I, so, so this is where I go crazy with systems. Yeah. So this is, this is the intersection to me for brand and systems because, um, and this, this is gonna, maybe this is, maybe this is not relevant, but to me, this feels relevant. Yeah. So forgive me if I'm going off on a tangent here. Systems are where I really geek out and freak out over. You're so good. (laughs) Well, a lot of realtors think they have a lead problem. Okay. And so they initially start looking for like a lead generation sources or like, what do I need to be posting on social media? Well, actually, I don't even know what to say. Who am I? Like, what am I trying to offer? What am I trying to propose here? And being able to nail down that thing is why you are always going to be in business for real estate agent branding, in my opinion, as long as you want it. Like, like forget <laughs> ChatGPT. For how much I love ChatGPT, nothing can replace that, that level of awareness of semantics and how they are going to impact a real estate agent's ability to really articulate why somebody should hire them over their competition. Yeah. That's respectfully only going to go so far because if you can't get yourself to send out those meticulously planned and scripted emails, Mm -hmm. if you purchase the template 
and let it sit in your inbox for three years before implementing it into your client journey. It's okay. We've all done some version of that. We've all bought the course and didn't take it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But systems are also going to be what, like, what is going to help you execute on the brand story and like help you walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Yeah. I, I wish I had something value adding to that because I, I have, you know, some beautiful systems on my side, but they're completely different, of course, as a small yeah. agency to what realtors are, are implementing, but it feels like a gold nugget for sure. I had never thought of it quite that way. Or, well, or maybe I, I have because client, I'm sorry, but client experience being such a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're saying is systems and I'm talking about client experience as it relates yeah. to my business. It's the same thing. So mm-hmm. I'm out to provide like an elevated client experience at Blueprint for realtors who are used to having a quick fix fiber that does almost nothing for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So then they come to us and their mind is blown with how they are branded. And so then on the real estate side, it's like you're talking about client experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's client experience for sure, but it's also your ability to be consistency, which is client experience, but it's follow through, it's consistency, it's showing up even when you don't want to or when you're busy with other things and it's easy to forget about those things that you need to do. Yeah. Um and and it's it's a different level. It's it's it is the difference from like facilitating to like orchestrating the transaction, which ultimately is the client experience. And yeah. for you, you do have incredible systems. You do have the ability to follow through on a seamless transition Mm -hmm. um, between like the entire client journey. And I see it not only in the communication side in your email list. I love being a part of your email list because you have the most thoughtful, rich storytelling in the things that you put out. Um, But, but it carries through consistently in everywhere where you market yourself. And so what you're saying in the email matches what you're saying on here on the podcast, matches what you're saying over here on your website and then over here on your Instagram. And it just creates so much continuity that it makes it easy to trust you. Mm-hmm. But if you were forgetting to send your email and if you were super sporadic in sharing your uh, stuff on social media, if you're website was a mess. It doesn't matter how good you are at what you say, if it's not consistent and seamless yeah. throughout every single touch point from cursory glance to committed client, like it's mm-hmm. not going to be as effective. Mm-hmm. Consistency is the new luxury. I think that should be our, <laughs> our motto. You know how like right now, it, yes. You know how right now in, in social media land among realtors and all the Facebook groups where agents gather, the new thing is talking about slogans and yeah. oh, we need a slogan. I think that needs to be everyone's everyone's new slogan. Because what you're talking about is seriously, uh, the pathway to creating brand memorability and client retention. And you know, I don't have the statistics on me, but there are so so many. I mean, a quick Google search would give you a million of them. Like the power of consistency on both the branding and the messaging side. Like we really don't typically take the time to stop and do that because it's so much work, you know, to really do that well on the visual side, you should have a brand Bible of style guidelines so that everyone who touches your visuals, your admin, you, your printer, your web developer, everyone has this epicenter of guidelines that everyone's referring back to. So everyone, everything looks and sounds the same. Color codes are the same. Fonts are the same messaging side too. Now, and this is getting a little bit hairy and we don't need to go here, but like you can go through 
and we, we do this sometimes with clients, laying the whole foundation strategically of your actual just voice in real estate. This applies to any industry, but almost no realtor I've talked to has even had a construct of what this is until they've come to us and they are, feel so confused around their messaging. And, you know, typically it starts with something like I need a slogan and, you know, we have different ones and everyone needs to align on what the tagline is. And that once we dig deeper, we just realize that they don't have any kind of deep understanding of what their core values are and how to articulate that. Yeah. And then once you kind of strip all that down, simplify it, verbalize it, then you have a foundation to build on. And then you have clear channels for everything to stay the same, no matter where you execute. So it's really just about going back to the foundation and either doing or hiring someone to do that heavy, heavy work, because it does take time at the outset. Yeah, it does. And and for for those who are listening to this and they're like, I just need a client, you guys. <laughs> like, yeah, just, so just what, just tell me what the post, I just need a client. Here's yeah. the difference. Here's why this conversation matters. There's a stat and it's like five to 25 times more, uh, more cost effective to retain a client than to attract a new one. Oh, wow. And so, and so here's, here's your, your two roads. Here's a tale of two realtors. You can be the realtor who is very transactional and you're going leaping from one client at a time, like one client to the next client. Maybe your number one lead source is open houses without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. The number one way you're doing, uh, you're, you're generating leads is by doing open houses. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then maybe, you know, something else kind of works. You click with another team, they're giving you leads. And so you're just jumping from lead to lead to lead. And you are not focused on the community building aspect of a really magnetic brand. Mm -hmm. What happens when you have that level of a brand, when you have the brand Bible with the aesthetics, with the guidelines, with the, this is how it needs to be every single time. Yeah. What happens is you create such a deep community that you're and and forgive me this, if this is not the word. And if this is like not an okay word to say, <laughs> is it is it it's not community building but it's almost like tribalizing like you like find your tribe yeah yeah right yeah find your tribe. yeah mm -hmm. so when yeah. when somebody when somebody gets to that level when they identify as a client of the lugos mm -hmm. and they have that pride of working with us regardless of what the what they end up ultimately paying over their lifetime value of being uh, one of our clients over multiple transactions mm -hmm. it means more than just a transaction it means that they're part of that brand they're part of that tribe and that is why the the lifetime value of that client is 5 to 25 times more depending on the market than it would be just skipping from client to client to client. Yeah. And my my point is is this is how you transition from salesperson to actually operating a business, business that has a client base of ever giving referrals and ever giving repeat clients. Mm -hmm. And that's what everyone wants. People don't mm -hmm. want to have to be going around town trying to convince every person why they should work with them. Yeah. You want people to understand practic practically at a glance or at a word of why they should be hiring you. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the value of that. And realtors who decide I can't invest in that, or I don't have enough time to implement that now, I, or I need a certain number of transactions before I'm worthy of that brand. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. You got it wrong. It's the other way around. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes. No. Sorry. And that's and that is my and that is my Bible. No, I am so so keyed into what you're saying. I mean that that's my favorite thing to talk about. You're really talking about branding as identity, right? Which is what everyone really is saying when they say, "I want to be a real estate lifestyle brand," which every good realtor wants to be, and at some point in time has stayed up at night, unable to sleep, thinking. What does it take? How do I beat? How do I do that? Like no one wants to be the salesy agent. Everyone knows we're allergic to that. And yeah. so, you know, the golden gleaming promised land for us as realtors is being the lifestyle agent. And what does that look like? And so, you know, lots of conversations we have here with the studio, at the studio with clients who they really want to get into like the swag and the merch, which is a beautiful concept and like kind of continuing your brand through these lifestyle pieces that people are just going to naturally gravitate toward or want to carry around or share with people. Uh, yeah. You know, we could go so many different directions with this, but really focusing on your emotional resonance goes back to what you're saying about consistency. One of the best benefits of brand consistency on every single level is the emotional appeal that is just naturally birthed from that. And like, here would be a stat for you, like emotionally connected customers have a 306% higher lifetime value, 306%. Okay. And so then what are the primary pillars of emotional, you know, uh, connectedness within a brand consistency being one of them, strategic storytelling being another, you know, that this is a podcast that needs to be much hours longer for us to, to cover yeah. all the bases, but it's all relevant. <sighs> <laughs> I just want to, I, I want to keep going. And I feel like if I keep going, I'm going to continue opening like too many cans of worms. But this is just, this is, um, it, it might feel like out of reach for a lot of realtors, like almost uh, indulgent to have this conversation. But I don't think that we, I don't think that as a realtor or any person who wants to really have a longstanding brand, you can't not have this conversation and succeed. Yeah. Like this has to have a thought. You, mm -hmm. you have to take the time to understand this. You have to take the time to think about this and learn about it. And it's going to feel really uncomfortable at first if it's very yeah. new and it might be a little scary. Yeah, it might feel a little superfluous, but this is, like you said at the very beginning, baseline in yeah. 2024. Yeah, well, and you know, it, this sounds dumb when I say it out loud, but let me back up what I'm saying. So, <laughs> it, it's a good time to be a realtor, and here's what here's what I mean by that. Um, I think that realtors are more marketplace visible than they ever have been before. So, you know, we're talking about the digital age and social media and we get that, right? Like we're all, we're always front facing somewhere, but I don't think we understand the extent to which that is true. So again, going back to data, cause I love it. I think it was the Harris poll that typically annually does this like national survey on how people think or what level of esteem they hold toward different professions and like how, prominent those professions are in their life. And so it runs the gamut from like doctor being at the top, right? Because everyone respects mm -hmm. doctors to then at the bottom. And, you know, for years, I'm not talking currently, but for years, unfortunately, you had like personal injury lawyers at the bottom and realtors, right? And so like sentiment- I've never heard of this. This is amazing. Yes. I'm all about like the history and all that. Sentiment was really low for realtors mm -hmm. and like our parents' generation and their parents' generation. Uh, yeah. But more recent surveys have felt this out among younger people. So we're talking Gen Z and millennials. And it turns out they have a much higher regard 
for real estate professionals than almost ever before. And now get this, it's just really funny, funny stat. A lot of that has to do with reality television. So we're talking about like selling sunset <laughs> and these shows that, you know, so many of us that I think they're like trashy or damaging to our reputations in real estate, but actually it's putting realtors on the forefront of media in a way they never really have been before. And I think it's like 68% I read recently, social media usage, 68% of Gen Z and millennial house renters. So like people who don't own a home and they very likely right now are not looking to buy a home happily and excitedly engage with realtors on social media, follow them of their own volition and have a lot to say about this realtor and their lifestyle and who they follow and why. And when asked about that, they reference, you know, social media, reality TV, and they just really enjoy talking to realtors and following them online. Like it's fascinating. And so in previous generations, right, we had a newspaper ad and a realtor headshot and that was about it. And now we've got Reels and Facebook and Selling Sunset. And it's a whole new world where you're demanded to have presentation that can rise to meet the occasion of this shocking visibility that we have now in the digital age. So that's like a rabbit trail for you. But I think it's so interesting. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are blowing my mind right now. I haven't heard any of that. And that is, um, I, I mean... Sorry, guys, but that's not at all what, what I thought was going on. Like, no. like, that tells me I have some rethinking to do. I'm like, yeah. Well, and I, yes, I happen to enjoy selling sunset. That's my guilty indulgence. It's, you know, now I'm not a real estate agent technically anymore. So maybe I'm allowed to watch it. Uh, and then I laugh about it with, you know, the realtor clients that we work with. But yeah. it, at, at its most sober base, I think what I'm trying to say is it should. I don't want to say concern us, but it should really, our ears should perk and kind of light on fire when we hear stats like that. And it should raise a multitude of questions about how, the question is not, am I visible? The question is, what happens when people see me and find me? Like there is a constant story being told about me in a very visible market, whether I care to tell the story myself or not, whether I care to strategize the right way about my my campaigns and, you know, the way I put myself out to the world or not, like you are visible, you're there. So it, it's almost like this light bulb moment that goes on for people when they really understand that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I've for a very long time thought it says way more about a realtor when they are not anywhere to be found digitally. And some of them still wear that as a badge of honor. And I'm like, I don't know that, you know, but that's not a good, like, you know, yeah. it's not something that we can just skirt past anymore. And and that's one of those things, again, that I'm talking to these really seasoned agents about. And they're like, I wish I had taken it more seriously. Yeah. Um, I wish I hadn't. And, and I wonder what else they're going to say that about. Like, it's probably going to be some combination of like the TikTok or the AI or whatever. Five years from now, we're going to be having that conversation about it again. But it just takes a, you know, the, the interesting thing about a brand is that that I find very interesting is it's a living, breathing thing and it evolves. Like it is not designed to be static because as you say, the market is not static. The industry is not static. Mm -hmm. It is designed to evolve and meet the needs of the day, whatever the day might bring. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's kind of the beauty of just that's what builds in that relevance and that mm -hmm. long term continuity. 
Yeah, it's instructive for me to hear stats like that as, again, someone who is not technically a realtor anymore, but works exclusively with realtors. But mm -hmm. as, just as a business owner who takes my own brand very seriously, you know, I have friends. Uh, you're one of them. I have a local friend named Kelly. She's fabulous. I have a couple others that I talk to often who, you know, I'll just be rambling about my current brand challenges or what I'm trying to do with the brand, what kind of what the next step is. And I'll get the, this feedback from them. Well, like, have you tried thus and so? Very often it's something with social media, because again, that's just not my favorite thing. Like I love emails and blogging and stuff and I'm on social, but I don't give it a ton of attention. And I'll have a friend who knows a lot more about social than me and brand success online. And she'll ask me these very pointed questions. Well, what is stopping you? I'm not saying, you know, Caroline invest $5,000 in XYZ, but why not try? Like the opportunity is there. It's a digital age, you know, maybe get up to speed on a couple things. And I can often be, I'm very granny like in a lot of things. Like I'm really resistant because XYZ for my business and brand is working so well. You right. know, my email list is fabulous and people respond so well to my blogs and all this stuff. It's just why I ask myself, like, what's the point? And it's just, honestly, it's just such a an unhealthy perspective on like what is possible. I'm, I should give myself a little more grace, but I, I think you should because I don't look at your, I don't ever see your presence as lacking. Well, thanks, but that's not how Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, was, I was like, are you actually talking about yourself well, right now? Reels. reels, Stephanie, like everyone knows Who video. Cares? No one, video, okay. Video, video. If you say it, I believe it. If you say it, video schmidio, I I think that um I think that we all have it. If it is not authentic for you to be on video, then you shouldn't have to be pushing yourself to be on video. There are plenty of us who don't have the attention span or time to watch video. So like for me, for example, I love long form written content, which are the blogs and the emails. I like that because I can come back to it during the three times I'm interrupted from reading one freaking email because my toddlers are crawling on me while I'm trying to read that from my phone on one hand and stir dinner on the mm -hmm. stove with the other hand. Mm -hmm. Like I can't watch videos a lot of time. I can listen yeah to podcasts. I love, I love audio as a secondary activity. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that it is unfair to, uh, categorize social media as only doing video every single day and preferably face to cam. And that is the only way that you'll succeed. I don't think so because I feel very connected with you, with what you're sharing and you are still very true to yourself and what you're sharing because you are still long form writing on the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's encouraging because I respect, I respect your opinion, obviously. Um, I think it's more about, I guess I just need to preach to myself a little bit more. You ever in that position in what you do in like market authority where you're talking to an agent and then maybe in the back of your head, you're like, let me take a note of what I'm saying for later for my uh -huh. own self because, well, you know, was... yeah, the comparison game online is strong. I don't think anyone is immune to it. Even the most no. confident among us, like there's something that's just a massive vulnerability. And for me, that's that's video and so many aspects of social that I could be doing. And we can pick ourselves apart in a million different ways. But um, yeah, that's a side topic. I don't know. But yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, our motto this year, our motto this year is keep it simple, keep it significant. And I think that everything that you do is significant. I think that everything that you do feels like you've done it a hundred percent. And because of that, I get a, a, a very deep connection with every interaction that I have with your brand, just mm -hmm. outside of the, the personal connection that you and I have as a friendship. Um, 
I can't say the same thing. I truthfully, and this is not me trying to be humble, I cannot say the same thing about my brand over the last year because I was definitely in that space in the last year where I was like total survival mode. Like, and you and I have spoken about this privately a little bit, but just like, you know, just the, the challenges that I had last year, just as silly mm -hmm. as they seem now, now that I'm on the other side of it, mm -hmm. like there was no way. There was no way that I could have been present on social as much as I would have liked to. But luckily I had spent, you know, years and years and years building up that brand where a couple of months of me going underground, trying to heal from like whatever was happening to me, <laughs> didn't tarnish completely my reputation. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking me a little while to build it back up, I think. But maybe people who are listening to this don't know what I'm talking about because they didn't notice anything. I hope that's the case. Uh, I didn't. I know I have the, the luxury of backstory. So I resonate with what you're saying we've talked about, you know, what happened last year and the year prior, but like it, I'm going to just say back to you, like I, I didn't notice on the brand side own worst right. critic is just, it's really true because we, we see all the things that we should be doing, all the things that we haven't done, all the things that we did back in 2015, 16, 17, that were so beautiful and worked so well, but maybe we had to pause that, you know, in 2022. Um, yeah. And we have the luxury of, of the hindsight that other people don't. So, you know, Compassion would go a long way for ourselves, I guess, as much as it does our own clients. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah, interesting takeaway from this conversation, but I actually really like it. It feels timely. <laughs> well, I, I, speaking of, I want to be a good steward of your time. I could just like hoard you to myself all evening and talk your ear off. Um, where do we want to end the conversation from here? Oh, my goodness. Is there any lasting words that you'd like to share with the audience, words of wisdom you can impart on our brand journeys for 2024? I mean, maybe that, Stephanie, is a good kind of segue into the conclusion. I mean, I like the idea of being as kind to yourself in the brand process, especially on the heels of such a tough year for mm. business in almost every space and especially real estate, like being looking with kind eyes toward 2024 and the goals that you're setting for yourself and just remembering any brand in any space, but make it personal to you. Like as we're talking, as you're listening, make it personal and think about what does being fluid look like for me? What does kind of like palms wide open for my brand look like this year? You know, if there's something that I'm doing that maybe kind of has been working for me on the revenue side, but I just hate doing it, then what would feel more life-giving for me, more authentic to me, to storytell as an agent on social media, you know, to run a more high-touch campaign, uh, you know, on the print side, like, let me do something that I brings me more delight and how can that be then reflected in my marketing? Like I'm, this is my mantra for this year, like kind of following, be more delight directed in the new things I'm going to try. And then taking some pressure off of myself, for instance, the next product I drop, I may not do a very meticulous, highly stressful three month pre-launch plan, even though that is what should be done. And it's always wildly successful. I might just drop it after like a couple of weeks and let the let people respond to it. Let me have fun. You know, I just think that there's a lot to be said for that. It's a new year. Be yourself and enjoy the process. And now I sound like a life coach, but that's that's where my head is at. I love it. <laughs> I'm so here for it. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Thank you so much too for like all the you were just incredible. I mean that so sincerely. Everything that you put out to the world, you're incredibly intelligent. You are so genuine in 
your love of people and the love of, and the passion that you have toward the topics and this is free, generous heart and, and, and this free value that you give out. I'm just so grateful that I know you and that I've been invited into your space in any capacity. So this is just an honor. Girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the feeling is so mutual. And I want to acknowledge you because you bring such a, uh, you bring so much beauty to the real estate space and a lot of us are working so quickly that we don't take time to think about like what is the best of the best way that we can be showing up. And you inspire me every single day with your words of wisdom and you sharing and expressing and walking us through your own process. And you really allow us to, to like dare to imagine ourselves as beautiful on the outside that we really feel like we are on the inside. Oh, I love that. Um, I, I, I just, I just, adore you my friend I'm, I'm so grateful for you um and especially in, in the last year um being able to have the conversations that we've had um yeah. it's i'm i'm truly lucky to have you in my circle thank you i feel the same okay well for those who want to follow along and maybe uh stay in touch for some of your very spontaneous drops of new yes. <laughs> guides or whatever you got up your sleeve where can they find you uh, Instagram uh, at Blueprint Brand Studio, and it's the same uh, to get to our website. It's just blueprintbrandstudio.com, or you can reach me at hello at blueprintbrandstudio.com. That's always me on the other side. Um, it's not some generic, you know, assistant. It's me. So I'm always happy to hear from everyone and DMs too. I mean, I talk about being bad on social, but I love the conversations that I have on Instagram. It's the best part. So, yeah. Yeah, come on and check out what we have. Please, please do, you guys. Please check out Caroline if you haven't yet. And and if you already do follow her, drop her a line. Say thank you for being so generous with her time with us today on the show. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thanks. Okay, we'll have to do it again soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.